following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. I'm grateful to be with you again. Uh, I guess Jordan left no instructions, they said, to uh, introduce me because I'm known here, and that's, uh, that's great. I've been here quite a bit. Uh, for the rest of you, I'm Jordan's friend. I'm a semi-retired pastor, and Jordan and I do a lot of things together. As a matter of fact, if I'm going past here down to Joe's Engine Shop, uh, I'll, uh, which always amazed me, uh, an Amish guy running an engine shop, but... Uh, <laughs> But I'll call him and say, hey, you want to go with me to Joe's Engine Shop? And he says, yes. Now, there's nothing he really wants to do at Joe's Engine Shop, but we're friends, and we enjoy spending the time together. And, boy, it's been interesting with Jordan. He's been with me twice to Israel, and both times, you know, he grows this beard and everything, and Israeli soldiers with the IDF come up and start talking to him in Hebrew. They think he's my bodyguard in Israel. <laughs> But uh, just uh, a little over a week ago, Jordan and I uh, uh, shared in uh, uh, the funeral of Art Casper's from here, and uh, this was interesting. At the graveyard afterwards, this gentleman came up, and he said this. He said, this is interesting, an old guy with a Bible and a young guy with an iPad reading their Bibles. And uh, then I walked away, and later Jordan called me He said, Craig, he said, that guy thought that was my first funeral, and I was tra- tailing you and just kind of assisting you to learn. He said, I've done hundreds of funerals. <laughs> and uh, so, um, you know, uh, it's been interesting with Jordan. And, um, but, uh, for, for instance, you know, he's, a, he's an early bird. At 4.47 Friday morning, I get uh, an email, and it says, hey, I forgot uh, to have somebody do the Sunday school class. Can you do the Sunday school class for me too Sunday morning? And uh, so you do that for a friend. <laughs> but you know, today, the title of the sermon is Hidden Heroes. And that actually came from uh, last Monday morning. I asked Jan, uh, I said, so what's up today? She says, well, I'm babysitting. She said, today I'm a, I'm a hidden hero. And I said, well, what's that? She said, I'm babysitting for the mops uh, down at Trinity Church, and they call those the hidden heroes, the people behind the scenes that uh, may not get a a lot of attention, but uh, they're very, very important. We're going to look at one today. Um, We're speaking about three people, Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. Now, if we went back to the nursery, uh, you might find a Paul. There's probably a Paul. Is there a Paul in here? No, no Pauls. That's unusual. Is there a Timothy in here? Boy, you're, you're blowing my whole theory. Okay. Right there's Timothy. I see Paul. I see Paul. I'm joking. We know there's Pauls and Timothys. Any Epaphroditus? <laughs> I didn't think so, but actually, I understand why people don't name their son Epaphroditus. 
It comes from uh, belonging to Epaphrodite, Epaphrodite, the goddess of love. Um, it was a statement that Epaphroditus was probably born out of a one-night stand of passion. And yet we're going to find that uh, he came to know Christ in Philippi and took on a hidden hero mission for the Apostle Paul and was a dear friend of the Apostle Paul. You know, we use that, that term friend so broadly. I said that Jordan is my friend. We've done a whole lot together. But uh, today, you can have all kinds of Facebook friends. Uh, there's new terms that uh, I always knew the term befriend, to befriend someone, but not unfriend or defriend. And that's all a part of our culture. There's a book out called Befriend by Scott Sauls, and he says this. Real friends see each other as long-term companions, and they give each other long-term loyalty. Instead of using each other, they serve each other. Instead of keeping score with each other, they support, they champion, they encourage, they serve, they forgive, and they strengthen one another. Well, as you know, in your study of the book of Philippians, Paul's in prison. What you may not know is he was hundreds and hundreds of miles away from Philippi. As a matter of fact, a journey from Philippi, according to how you went, the route, would be anywhere from seven to 1,200 miles, whether you came across Adriatic on a, a boat or not, taking minimum of six weeks, if not three months, to make that journey. Paul's in prison. He needs help. The church of Philippi sent a care package via Epaphroditus, who had proven himself now to be a, uh, not a son of illegitimacy, but a son of God, and he had that role as a hidden hero to take that. Paul had Timothy with him there, assisting him in prison. Uh, at that time, your friends took care of your food and and uh, so forth, not like today if you're in prison. And uh, Epaphroditus is actually going to carry this letter back to Paul. But think of, think of the hassle in his life that had to occur for him to take on this task. And we say, uh, boy, you braved the rain to come this morning, you know, something like that. It was dangerous. It was a long journey, taking months out of his life for the Apostle Paul. And yet he did it. You know, in our day, it's, uh, I just flew to uh, Phoenix. I'll never, uh, got, I got on the plane, and uh, you had to wear a mask. And, uh, but then they said, uh, you do, I saw you don't have to wear a mask if you're eating or drinking anything. I thought, well, they rip you off for a Coke now, but I'm going to buy one. <laughs> and then they said this. This flight is three hours and 15 minutes. And they were serious. They said, and you can't sip on a Coke for three hours and 15 minutes. That's exactly what I was planning on doing. <laughs> and yet I complained about that. Think of this. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30, that's where you've come to in your study, we... We see this in verse 19, Paul speaking, I hope in the Lord Jesus. Isn't that a great statement? We're going to see it repeated. I have plans, but these plans are controlled by the Lord Jesus. He's the Lord of my life. But I hope to send Timothy to you soon. Going back again, Timothy had been there with Paul in the founding of that church and so forth. He says, uh, I want to send Timothy back to you. I don't think we think through 
Okay, that is minimum six weeks, if not 12 weeks out of Timothy's life. So that I too may be cheered by news of you, so that I hear good news, meaning somebody brings back that news to me. For I have no one like him who will genuinely be concerned about your welfare. Timothy had been there. They knew Timothy. He said, Timothy is my top guy. Uh, They all seek their own interest, meaning it's natural for everybody to say, I'm busy. I can't make a three-month trip. Um, It's dangerous out there. It's expensive to do that. They all seek their own interest, don't we? We're all naturally concave, protective, not those of Jesus Christ, which says this. What is Jesus Christ's interest? Other people, not your own interest. The interest of others is the interest of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. You know him. He proved himself to you. How as a son with a father, he served with me in the gospel. We know that Timothy's father is kind of an absentee father. He was a Greek, it says, and that's all it says about him. His mother and his grandmother were the ones that really uh, put into his life. And when Paul wanted to take him with him, Lois and Eunice said yes. Think about this for a moment. Timothy was a young man. Paul had gotten stoned in Lystra. Paul comes back to Lystra, meets Timothy, says, I want to take that kid with me. And they said yes. Um, I've heard that the greatest detriment to youth going into the mission field is their parents. I want people on the mission field, but not my kid. It's dangerous out there. Lois and Eunice said, yes, go with Paul. (laughs) I tell you what, you go with Paul, you're in for a big adventure. (laughs) I hope they're to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me, whether I get released from prison or not, how long I'm going to be in here. And I trust in the Lord, that's the expression again, that shortly I myself will come also. I'm hoping to be released and be able to make a trip over to you again because you mean so much to me. That's where uh, Lydia was at, the seller purple that opened her home. They had a meeting down at the river. Then he was thrown in jail, but the, uh, the jailer came to Christ in his whole household. He had a lot of history there at that place. He was loved there. I'd really like to come and see you as well. You know, I think one of the first lessons we learn here is this. Spiritual blood is thicker than physical blood. Paul became a spiritual father to Timothy. And we see here all these relationships that are so deep. And then he says in verse 25, I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. He, he, he said, I, I need Timothy here. I want to send Timothy to you. I want to come to you as well. But It may take a while. Therefore, I felt I really needed to do something now. I've decided to send Epaphroditus back to you. Now, at the end of this book, we find that Epaphroditus, he said, brought this gift to me. Think this through. Very dangerous. Long journey. Bandits. Uh, Malaria along the way. 
And Epaphroditus made that trip. Now, scholars say that he probably didn't make this trip all by himself. But when they thought about who can we trust with our money to take this money clear over there for Paul, they came up with Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus said, yes, maybe he volunteered for it. What does that tell us about him? Well, probably he was young and up to such an arduous journey. And uh, he was committed, and he was trusted, and uh, so they, they sent him, and he was there, and he carried this care package to Paul, and Paul says, I have all, all I need now. Thank you so much. But then he says, I'm going to send Epaphroditus back to you. And then he says several things about Epaphroditus, five things that are true of everyone spiritual, whose spiritual blood runs deep, thick. He's my brother. There's relationship. There's shared spiritual blood. He's my brother in Christ. Do we really realize that? That we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're the family God. God is our father. He's my fellow worker. You see, there's a relationship that's deep amongst believers and there's work to do. Uh, and we work together. Someone said a, uh, a, double, a shared joy is a double joy. And a shared sorrow is but half a sorrow. We're in, we're in this together. We work together. Ecclesiastes said do you, two are better than one because you get more done. Uh, there's, there's just the encouragement that comes when uh, you do that together. Next, if you don't believe that, try teeter-tottering by yourself sometime. <laughs> Two are better than one. We're in work together. So we share spiritual blood and we sweat blood together. And he's a fellow soldier. A fellow soldier. We shed blood together. You know, I have a book called Friendships Forged in War about... Uh, the Vietnam War, and the gentleman that wrote it said this, and you have to understand this line. He said, I've loved more men in war than women in peace. What did he mean? Huh. When you're in that firefight with others, um, you're sharing an experience that uh, is so deep. Like Jonathan and David, you watch one another's backs. You shed blood together. There's friendships forged in war. You know, uh, I shared with you that I assisted in uh, Art Kasperzak's funeral. And uh, these old World War II guys, the greatest generation, they never talk about it. I never knew that about Art. Art, I've never seen so many ribbons in my life. A big plaque with all of the ribbons he won. He was awarded through World War II and the Korean War. Melba said he came back. She didn't know about it either. She knew that he was served, but just come back, go back to work. Hidden heroes. We're soldiers as well. We have, we're workers. We're soldiers. We are in a battle, a battle, a civil war, and a spiritual war against Satan. And we need to encourage one another and not shoot our wounded, right? He's your messenger. You sent him on this, this uh, journey. Um, 
I mean, I don't think we can comprehend how dangerous this was for him to carry that and um, how long of a journey it was of his own time and of his own. We don't know. But we know this. He had a friend in Paul who had obviously had a, uh, well, he founded that church. And so he was the one that did this. Um, and he's your minister to my need. We find at the end of the book of Acts where the Apostle Paul was under house arrest and he says, at my own expense. But he had to be given money to be able to stay under house arrest, which was much easier. And um, it says at the end of Philippians, I was well supplied uh, from Epaphroditus by the gift that you had sent. And then in verse 26, we find this. He has been longing for you all. It's a strong word. He, he just longs to see you. He misses you. Epaphroditus is homesick, Paul writes. And he's been distressed because you heard he was ill. Uh, he's all turned up, and he, he knows you heard that he was ill, which means there was quite a, a, a bit of time took place here. And he, he's so worried that you're worried about him. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Um. Paul says God was so merciful because he spared me if Epaphroditus had died, feeling so sorrowful over that and sorrowful for you. Plus, he loved Epaphroditus. He said, I'm just so grateful God was merciful and allowed him to live. You know, I had an interesting thing happen many, many years ago. I used to work out uh, with an Orthodox Jew, Avraham. And uh, 13 years ago, I ended up having open-heart surgery. And then I went in to work out again, and Abraham said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm not doing well, Abraham. And he said this. He said, I'll pray for your mother. I said, you're going to pray for my mother? Why would you pray for my mother? And he said, because we Jews believe this. God has a very tender spot for mothers, and God wouldn't want your mother to go through the sorrow of losing a son. What a beautiful expression here, and I think that's where Paul's saying this. He said, God was so merciful to me because as his spiritual father, I didn't want to lose a son in the faith, let alone have all of you lose, obviously, one of your leading men there. God was just so gracious. By the way, this is a little uh, caveat here. But this health, wealth, prosperity gospel doesn't line up very well spiritually, does it? Or uh, biblically. Uh, you know, if once you accept Jesus, that uh, he, by his stripes you're healed. And that means physically that if you have faith, you'll never be sick. It didn't work for Paul. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Paul says when he got to Galatians, he said, the reason why in Galatians 4.13, it was because of an illness that I first preached to you. Paul was on a journey. He was going to pass by Galatia. He was sick, so he had to stop. Guess he didn't have faith, right? Uh, or maybe he didn't send his money into that televangelist. <laughs> what about Timothy? Timothy ever get ill? 
Drink a little wine for your frequent illnesses, right? Your stomach's sake. Because of your frequent illnesses, take wine as medicine. Um, by the way, it says a little bit. <laughs> and then Epaphroditus, this wonderful guy, he was so ill, he almost died. There's many reasons for being ill, but it doesn't mean that no matter what, God just wants you healthy, wealthy, and wise. And then he says this, I'm the more eager to send him, therefore, so that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. Huh. You know, later on in this book, you know that famous line, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Why doesn't he do what he preaches? Paul says, uh, I, I want you, I'm so eager to send him because I want you to be rejoicing at seeing him so that I may be less anxious. You see, we're not to be controlled by anxiety, but we're human beings. He, 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 he was concerned about uh, their feelings and about his. He said, I, I am anxious. Another place he said, I'm, I'm just always concerned about all the churches. There's an there's a anxiety that's not sin. There's a sin of anxiety where you're not trusting in God and you're just overwhelmed. There's no trust there. But uh, I don't think it's a sin to just be concerned, to be anxious. And it'll, it'll, it'll force you to uh, go to prayer. That's for sure. I like these words. I'm eager. So you may rejoice you know what the root of that word rejoice is in Greek? The root uh, of it is to jump. The Old Testament Hebrew root for rejoice is to twirl. It's where we get our expressions uh, running around in circles and jumping up and down. That's what Paul says here. Uh, he says, I want you to... to uh, Jump up and down for joy when you see him. You know, we talk about relationships and uh, defriend, unfriend. I got so many friends, and uh, we email, we text, and so forth, whatever those other things are. I don't do Twitter, whatever. Uh, and when they, we think we have lots of deep friendships, are we anxious about the person? Do we jump up and down about them? Eager about them? It's seeing them again. Seeing them again. You know, the end of 2 John and the end of 3 John, John writes this. There's many other things I'd like to write to you. There's many other things I'd like to say to you, but I don't want to write it down. I want to come and see you face to face so that our joy may be full. There's something about seeing a person face to face. You read their face. They're a friend. I tell you, Jan and I had a really strange experience. We went to, this is several years ago, we went to a movie theater over in the 100 Center. It doesn't even belong, it doesn't even exist now. It's one of those theaters that they chopped up in pieces, you know, doesn't, uh, smaller screen, maybe seats 100 people. We're waiting for a movie to start, and there's probably 50 people in there. And all of a sudden, behind us, we hear this statement. Hey, hey, everybody. It's like, man, alive, you know? They shoot people in movie theaters. <laughs> Turn around, there's a guy standing up, pointing at the guy beside him. He said, hey, it's my brother's birthday. Would you all sing happy birthday to him? 
So we all sang happy birthday to this guy in the theater, and it went real well until you come to the part where you're supposed to give his name. <laughs> and then it was happy birthday to the guy's brother, happy birthday to you. And when it was done, everybody looked around and started laughing, the absurdity of it all. Singing happy birthday to a guy that you don't even know who he is. And, of course, that guy was really embarrassed sitting there. His brother did that to make certain that those aren't the kind of friends you have. <laughs> you know, uh, friends in name only, you know, I'll sing happy birthday to you, but then I'll never see you again. Or maybe you're a Facebook friend out there in the multitudes. Verse 29, so... Receive him in the Lord. There's that expression again three times now. In the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. Re receive him as though he is the Lord, actually, with all joy and honor such men. The word honor, it comes from the word heavy. Make him heavy. Give him a lot of weight. Treat him like he's somebody. I mean, what do you think they did when he got back? I think it could be interpreted, throw him a party, <laughs> Uh, give him a medal, <laughs> applaud him when he comes into town, 2,400-mile trip by foot, almost died on the trip. Give him a big hurrah when he comes back, for he nearly died for the work of Christ. Not Paul, but Christ. He risked his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. You know what that uh, supposedly means? You should have given me that gift when I left there. <laughs> and we wouldn't even have to go on through all this. But you didn't do it. That's okay. And you were lacking in your service to me. But now you did it at this big journey. But um, he completed what was lacking. Epaphroditus is a hidden hero. You know, in this audience are some hidden heroes. Uh, the Andrews over here are friends of mine and Lynn Vernon. When um, my parents died over in, uh, at different times in Lima, Ohio, which is 150 miles from here, one time under very bad weather, I'm in the funeral line there, and they showed up. They didn't know my parents. It was overwhelming. A six-hour trip for them. They weren't in the neighborhood. <laughs> Why was it overwhelming? They went to extreme measures um, to show honor and respect. And with Jan, she's good friends of John and Sandy Rader. A lot of you know Rader Farm Equipment from those days. They came over for her. And again, put yourself in that place. It's... Um, it's just uh, overwhelming. You know, I know we've got dog people and we've got cat people in this world. And, uh, but I had a guy recently tell me this. He had, a, he had several churches that he had. He had some real problems in and just didn't work out for him. And I got to stay at one church 26 years. He said, you know, Craig, he said, the difference between you and me, he said, you had a dog church. I had a bunch of cat churches. <laughs> He said, cat churches, they don't build relationships with you, you know. As a matter of fact, I saw this great uh, cartoon recently. It says, this elderly woman looking at her cat longingly, and she said, you're my everything. 
And the cat looks at her and says, you're my can opener. <laughs> now, we had a cat and just recently, I think it drank antifreeze is what I've been told, perhaps. But So I like cats, but we've got a dog, too. I tell you what, I built a lot deeper relationship with that dog than I did with our cat. And it's, it's a difference. But uh, we need to be, <laughs> using that illustration, we need to be dog people. And my dog thinks I'm the greatest thing. Well, she thinks Jan's better. Because uh, Jan's her can opener. <laughs> but what about ourselves? Are we distant, cool, calculated, or... Are we more like Epaphroditus? Um, I'll tell you what, I've never done a sermon on Epaphroditus before. I like the guy. Now, listen to this. His name belongs to Epaphrodite. But something happened to him that he no longer belonged to the goddess of love. He belonged to the god of love. Listen to this statement um, out of uh, John. The Gospel of John, verse 13. As many as received him, Jesus, he gave them power to become sons of God, even to those who were born, be, believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God. You see, Epaphroditus was born again. He was born perhaps at a... Uh, orgy party for Epaphrodite, and that was what they gave him as a name. But God moved into his life, transformed him, made him a child of God, and now he's a child of the God of love, and now he was self-sacrificial in his life. He was other-centered, and that should be the story of our lives as well. By nature, we're all pretty self-centered. We're concave. We're in on ourselves, self-protective and so forth. But something about Jesus Christ says, now Timothy, his interest is the interest of Christ, and that's other people. To meet their needs, but the deepest need of all is that they would become a child of God as well. Are you a child of God? Do you have brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you a fellow worker? Are you a soldier of Christ? Are you his messenger telling this good news? And are you a minister? That is, do you serve other people? I think Epaphroditus is a great example for us to follow. And we could also be, not in the limelight like Paul, but maybe we could be a hidden hero. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thanks for the truth of Scripture. Uh, so many times we want to be in the limelight, but this Epaphroditus, I like this guy. Uh, only mentioned here, but took a great journey um, for Christ and met Paul's need. May that be our life story as well. May we be hidden heroes for Jesus Christ. We prayed in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.